Welcome to the WWE Podcast Monday Night Raw review for this Tuesday, May 3rd, 2022. Lot to get to with the Monday Night Raw that just took place last night that ended with a women's tag team main event. When's the last time that happened? Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes ends up turning physical and Edge and Damian Priest meet their match with Finn Balor interfering on behalf of AJ Styles. So we're going to talk about that and so much more right after a word from our sponsors for this episode. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Have you ever wanted to turn your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable? Well, now you can. Welcome to Food Forest Abundance. They're a community of passionate, freedom-loving people, and their mission is to build a free, healthy, abundant society for generations to come. Their vision is to install every community and every yard around the world with this food forest. Their focus is on a decentralized food supply, but setting up permaculture food forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And that's just the start. They offer food forest landscape design blueprints, installation of blueprints by trained professionals, ongoing maintenance to food forests, etc. And they are recruiting suppliers to grow new fruit trees, installers to install blueprints, designers to design blueprints, and much more. So if you want to have the peace of mind of having food security right outside your door or to help empower others as they work to turn the earth into a Garden of Eden, then they welcome you. They actually have an upcoming docu-series called Land of Plenty with former producer of Crocodile Hunter Steve Irwin and Adrian Grainer of HBO's hit series Entourage. So where do you find them, right? What's their website? Well, the website is foodforestabundance.com. That's foodforestabundance.com. And use coupon code FOOD22. And that right there will get you 5% off the purchase of a food forest blueprint or installation. Again, that promo code is FOOD22. That coupon code FOOD22. 
22 and you get yourself 5% off. Guys, with food prices skyrocketing, how cool would it be to have just your own forest of food outside? You don't have to go to the grocery store. You save yourself money and it's a lot healthier for you. So check it out, guys. Foodforestabundance.com. Use the coupon code FOOD22 and save 5%. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. You're going to acknowledge me. Welcome to the Monday Night Raw Review here on the WWE Podcast. Thank you so much for staying with us and for choosing us out of all the podcasts. You are here because you love wrestling and you like wrestling content that's easy to listen to. It's straightforward. There's no big agenda that we have other than just telling you how it is, right? And that's what we pride ourselves on here. And I appreciate the support that I've uh, been getting over the last several months, especially after WrestleMania. Many of you have joined us for the first time. So thank you. And a uh, special thanks to our sponsors for the show today. And um, we're going to get into all of Monday Night Raw. That um, was the final Monday Night Raw before WrestleMania backlash this Sunday night. But before we get there, I just want to let you know, as a reminder, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are returning this week. If you forgot, make sure you get your emails in by tomorrow, Wednesday, I'd say like 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. Email me at mailbag at wwepodcast.com, and I will forward those emails on to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, who will be reading your emails tomorrow. I'll be doing the voicemails as usual, but uh, they're they're picking up the uh, the heavy load, so to speak, and definitely uh, helping out the show. And you guys love them; we do too. They're great. So, if you want Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan to answer you, get your emails into us by tomorrow evening Eastern Standard Time. So, um, I'm still running a bit of a cold, guys. So if I'm sniffling, I'm trying to avoid that. I know it's not fun for audio to listen to people sniffle, so I'm trying to use my mute button as much as possible. Um, so if I sound different, yes. I'm still a little bit sick. It's not COVID. I tested myself like three times and it said negative, but boy, I've got about every symptom. So, all right, well, enough about my health. Uh, let's get to um, one more thing. And that is if you want to go ad free, you can do that at Patreon for a dollar. Everything's ad free as well as Apple podcasts. There's a subscribe button. You could get a three day free trial and then everything is ad free for 99 cents a month or $10 for the entire year. That's two months free and our website, which is www.podcast.com. Go VIP and get your uh, your ad-free content there, as well as the After Dark show that I have been very personal, open, and um, R-rated. That's maybe a generous rating uh, regarding some topics that I definitely don't cover on the free show. All right. Well, let's get into Monday Night Raw, everybody. Let's get to it. I mean, it was a Raw that saw a, a lot of developments. I don't think it was as good as last week, but it was a nice follow-up. I didn't hate Monday Night Raw. And... They were in Greensboro, North Carolina, although you wouldn't know that at the beginning of the show. They didn't have a time or they didn't have a a label of where they were. They just so, you know, as always, welcome to Monday Night Raw, um, which for whatever reason is something that they have to do because we have no idea what show we're watching. They have to say, welcome to Monday Night Whoever comes out, whoever the hell comes out, they must say welcome to Monday Night Raw. It is law in WWE. 
I know I harp on that, you know, from time to time, but it it's the small things I think that add up to a larger problem of a feeling of control while at the same time they tell us that this is a show where anything could happen. A lot of the times the show that they produce <clears throat> feels anything but. It feels insanely structured at times. And that's one of those little things that is representative of the control that I want to be invisible to me, that everybody has to say that. Why does everybody have to say that? I don't, I don't get it. Leave that to the announcers. The announcers can say it every week. That's fine. But why is the first thing out of every, anyone's mouth that gets on the mic that comes to an, a promo at the beginning of the show have to say that? Doesn't uh, doesn't really ring a bell with me or jive with me. The other thing is this week, um, you know, I said Greensboro is where they were, and you know Roman acknowledged that he was in North Carolina. Acknowledge me, and he acknowledged the state, which tells you they're not proud of the city they're in. And then later in the show, we had um, who was it? The Miz was it the Miz who insulted? No, Edge, Edge who insulted the town by. Uh, saying they they don't have a, a professional sports team there. And that's what I've also been saying is that they, they look down on any city that they're in that doesn't have an NFL team. I mean, look back. Other than, I mean, they came to the capital of New York, but the only reason we were saved is because we're the capital of New York. That's the only reason. We don't have a professional sports team up in upstate New York. But if they go to, especially in the South, Vince has a big personal problem with Southern stereotypes and well, every time saw a heel, he will speak through a heel every time he's in a South in the South in a town. He doesn't deem worthy of mentioning on TV unless it's in a disparaging manner. What did edge say? I mean, edge talked about, you know, the, the, the mock, the Southern hillbilly accent, the education, the intelligence. I mean, they, harp on that every single time. And it's, um, I mean, I remember even back in the early 2000s in one of the more hilarious skits and memorable with Edge and Christian and Kurt Angle, when they came out and they had the hillbilly banjo and they had the teeth in the, in their uh, mouths and all those things like really playing on the Southern stereotype, dumb people that they continue to do that. And it's all Vince McMahon, all of it. And it's really, really just completely, I mean, it's, it's an exposure of their own ego. So if you are in a, in a city that the WWE comes to, especially if you're in the Midwest or the South and you don't have an NFL team, be prepared for them to either not say the city you're in at all and just mention the state. Or sometimes they don't mention anything. You have no clue where they are. They could be on the moon and then you don't know where they are because they, they hide where they are. They don't even give you a stamp at the beginning of the show saying where they're at least at. They can't bother to do that. If they do that to you, I mean, just or rather if you are in a city that meets those qualifications of Midwest or South and you don't have an NFL team, be prepared to be brushed with a broad stroke, meaning they're not going to say the city you're in unless it's in a disparaging way. That's it. I mean, I, I that is it's the formula that they've used for a long time. And this uh, bias that Vince has towards Southern stereotypes is. It's really alarming. Even Jim Ross, who had a bit of a Southern accent, talked about how Vince would make fun of him for his Southern accent. And even when Vince was on TV and he fired Jim Ross for like the 18th time or whatever, 
He would even mock Jim Ross's accent and all. I mean, it, it's there's something deep seated in Vince McMahon that he has a problem with so, uh, smaller southern towns that don't have a, prof- a professional sports um, team. So, all right, well, let's get off that topic. I think I've said my piece. All right, well, let's get back to uh, the task at hand. And we again had Raw open with the 18 minute long Roman Reigns entrance. The crowd was. A bit split. Even the uh, announcers acknowledges. I think Corey Graves or Jimmy Smith, I don't know who, acknowledged that, look, this is a mixed reaction. And it was. I mean, you heard some Roman chants. And we had the full bloodline come out. Paul Heyman has both titles on his shoulders. And Roman didn't get to say a whole lot other than North Carolina, acknowledge me. Again, ignoring the city. But Immediately after that, we had RK Bro, double RKO, Jimmy and Jey Uso, and then corner Roman Reigns. Now, why they hesitated to beat down Roman Reigns doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's a bit foolhardy and um, also a bit foolish, dare I say, because they just were screwed by Roman Reigns on SmackDown. They come to Raw, which is actually their home base anyway, according to the draft that no longer exists, and they get Roman Reigns in a corner and they don't do anything. Now, I think the logic is twofold. Number one, the baby faces should never outnumber the heels. And number two, which is nonsense. Number two, it was about Drew and Roman. And by to that end, I'll, okay, I'll accept it that they wanted to leave Roman for Drew. Fine. Okay. But it just that momentary pause. Like, what are you waiting for? Beat his ass. You know, that's what I wanted to see. And they're trying to gauge the crowd reaction here to Roman and Drew going face to face. Like Drew did a very slow walk dropped his sword and got in the ring. I think they're gauging how the fans are reacting to this program that I think is going to go on for several months. So guys, buckle up, buckle in, strap in. I don't know, however you want to phrase it. It's going to be a long time, I think, through SummerSlam. If you listen to Anthony DeMarco and I last night, we covered uh, a lot about Roman Reigns, the current state of WWE, AJ and Edge, and a couple other things. So I I still believe that. I still do think that AJ, or rather SummerSlam is going to be their destination. I, I do. I think that's going to be their ultimate conclusion. So, all right. Um, but he, you know, they were attacked. And then um, let's see what else happened. Uh, CBS Sports, by the way, did not like this segment. Okay. I don't, I don't know why they did not like it. And here's it, uh, here's what they said. Um, they said, according to CBS Sports, and I'll give my thoughts too. So I'm not just taking somebody else's analysis that I was too lazy to come up with because I'm going to give my own analysis, which I partially already did. Okay. So for those out there, I had a few people not be happy with um, my format of taking a major sports outlet and their opinion and using that to compare my opinion to for whatever reason, I don't know, somebody felt that that was lazy. Here's my uh, thoughts on that too bad. Number one, and number two, my, my show, my rules. And number three, I actually have a, an opinion. So here it comes. Uh, but first, CBS Sports said the reason they gave this sex, uh, this, um, this, don't you, what did I just say? <laughs> this uh, segment, a D, is this. No storyline ran through the entire show as normal, meaning the top story happened up front, but was never returned to. Fans who were hoping to find out any additional stipulation involving the backlash six-man tag were left hanging. Nothing on the show felt like it was it mattered in any way, and the entire three hours felt like nothing but killing time ahead of Sunday's event. It's hard to get excited about Sunday's show after the three meaningless hours. I don't know about that, boy. That's pretty harsh. Now, admittedly, 
they didn't have a whole lot of just that, that typical start to end opening promo that ends in a main event formula. But, you know, but I've got news. Not every show needs to open and end the same way. It's a tried and true formula. But I think that while there was no, I'll give them that, there was no easy to understand story. Okay, this is where we're going tonight. It was just kind of like, let's throw some pieces out there. Then, yeah, I get I get it from that end. But again, it doesn't need to have always a start and end that's extremely predictable and very formulaic and, and that, that model is used every single show, every single Raw. It doesn't need to happen. We're so used to somebody coming out, cutting a promo, 15 minutes, it ends in some kind of brawl that is just a tease for the main event. How many times? It's got to be like 75% of Monday Night Raws have opened that way. And it it's opened that way for a reason because it works. And But it's also something that is a bit of a regressive return because you are seeing it so much, right? You see it so much and you're like, well, all right, can they do something different? And this was, yeah, it wasn't exactly a takeover that WWE tried to bill it as. If you looked at the Raw preview, they said the bloodline is it going to attempt to take over Monday Night Raw. Well, what exactly does that mean? Right? Open the show and then disappear. So I'll give the, I'll give it that, that the takeover of Raw was, that was the wrong word because it was far from it. Anything but a takeover. A takeover would mean that they dominate the show. Right? That they have some big story going through the entire show that ends in the main event and they win, right? They win the main event and uh, they they came what they came to do. In this case, they just did nothing, and I so I get that. There, there. This was almost not consequential, other than to further the the uh, story between Drew and Roman. But all right, so let's go on here. Alpha Academy and Kevin Owens then took out the Street Profits and Ezekiel. They won. Um, Chad Gable pinned Ezekiel with a cradle and Owens took advantage of a distracted referee to help Gable score the victory. And yeah, so look, I think Alpha Academy and KO needed this victory. Alpha Academy has been on the downslide for a month or so now. And Kevin Owens coming off of a stone cold Steve Austin return works again is working with um, Ezekiel, which I got to say Ezekiel, I think is overachieving at this point. And I was hopeful of that. And I can see an organic um, support be starting, an organic movement starting for Ezekiel. Does that mean they're they're going to push him to the main event? No, I don't think so. But there's something there for Ezekiel that actually wasn't there for Elias. And Kevin Owens continuing to insist that he's lying and being obsessed with proving that Ezekiel's lying is hilarious because Kevin Owens goes all in on this stuff and I love it. So Kevin Owens is really helping this out. On top of the fact, Ezekiel, I mean, his body, Elias, looks great. I mean, he's got a great body for a camera to uh, the lens to be on. It's it's obviously very wrestling-esque. So there's no problem there in the ring. He's also sound, very strong guy. Um, and there's no complaints here, really. I mean, Ezekiel is as bland as bland can be. But isn't that what kind of the point is to try to convince you that he's no longer Elias? But we all know he is, and Kevin Owens is being the voice of reason in an obsessive way. It's kind of funny. But, I mean, the fans are behind Ezekiel. They really they are. They are, and I'm, I'm all for it. So, good stuff here, um, at least to the extent of what it was meant to do. Vera Mahan then took out Vern Hansen with the cervical clutch. Another no-name win. For Veer Mahan. I'm sure that DJ Kuzmo will cover this in his 
email and voicemail tomorrow for the Veer Mahan watch. Look out for that. And I'm, I'm sure he's going to say he took out another no name. Yeah, he did. But let's let's take the temperature of this after the live event on Sunday. Maybe they're going to start giving him some real opponents after that and start to build up, you know, the actual some kind of main roster uh an individual that he could feud with for a little while instead of just beating these local talents that I mean are don't I think they've kind of run their it's run its course I think it's like we get it he he can beat no names let's move on you know but okay AJ Styles then uh, took out Damian Priest with the good old roll up why this ended in a roll up I don't know but the stipulation on this match was pretty significant in a couple of ways. Yes, it had the, the stipulation that if AJ won, Priest is banned from ringside at the uh, premium live event at Backlash. But I also think that this is kind of a twist, meaning just because Priest is now banned from ringside doesn't mean that we're not going to see a third person join the group because only Damian Priest is banned from ringside, not a potential new member that could screw AJ. So you guys will hear my full preview and prediction show for the WrestleMania backlash in a few days, but just keep that in mind that many people think AJ is going to win this next match. I would be hesitant. I really would. I'd be hesitant to, hesitant to believe that because you're going into this thinking, well, look, he doesn't have any help from Damien. He's banned from ringside. If it's straight up, AJ could beat him. Well, don't forget Edge is in the infancy of his, of his group formation. There's new members that could be added, and it's only Damien that's banned from ringside. Um, But we did see after the roll-up, I mean, immediately Edge attacks AJ, beats him down, and then Finn Balor comes out to even the odds, to a big reaction, by the way. Probably the most significant thing uh, Finn Balor's done in months. And it's amazing that he's got that reaction based on how terrible they've booked him, which shows you the, uh, the, the toughness and the durability of the fans love for him that they, they recognize what WWE has done with them the last few few months, which is exactly nothing. And, um, I think that you could still have Finn Balor join because you're believing that all of the odds are even now. Well, what if Finn Balor comes out and he ends up turning and AJ styles loses because of Finn Balor, just a thought. I know Finn Balor's on the list. Of course, Ray Ripley is at the top of the list of people that could join. I'm hesitant with the female dynamic because of the men on female, you know, that whole thing that I went over on a rant on a couple of days ago. But um, anyway, I, I'm really digging this storyline. I still am. I still am. I'm really uh, loving this. And it's one of the highlights of Raw on a weekly basis right now is is Edge, his just genius on the bike. And yeah, he did his typical per Vince McMahon's directive just tearing down the Southern accent or the Southern stereotypes and all that stuff. That was clearly through Vince that he does every single time he visits a Southern city that doesn't have a team, a professional sports team. So, okay, well, uh, that's uh, where I'll take a pause here. I'm going to toss it to the sponsors of today's episode, and we'll be right back after the break with a theory and Ms. Mustafa Ali love triangle. That's kind of going on here. And we'll be right back with that and more after this. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, 
What better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. Impactdefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on impactdefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Have you ever wanted to turn your yard into a food forest and create a system of self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable? Well, now you can. Welcome to Food Forest Abundance. They're a community of passionate, freedom-loving people, and their mission is to build a free, healthy, abundant society for generations to come. Their vision is to install every community and every yard around the world with this food forest. Their focus is on a decentralized food supply, but setting up permaculture food forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And that's just the start. They offer food forest landscape design blueprints, installation of blueprints by trained professionals, ongoing maintenance to food forests, etc. And they are recruiting suppliers to grow new fruit trees, installers to install blueprints, designers to design blueprints, and much more. So if you want to have the peace of mind of having food security right outside your door or to help empower others as they work to turn the earth into a Garden of Eden, then they welcome you. They actually have an upcoming docu-series called Land of Plenty with former producer of Crocodile Hunter, Steve Irwin, and Adrian Grainer of HBO's hit series Entourage. So where do you find them, right? What's their website? Well, the website is foodforestabundance.com. That's foodforestabundance.com. And use coupon code FOOD22. And that right there will get you 5% off the purchase of a food forest blueprint or installation. Again, that promo code is FOOD22. That coupon code FOOD22, and you'll get yourself 5% off. Guys, with food prices skyrocketing, how cool would it be to have just your own forest of food outside? You don't have to go to the grocery store. You save yourself money, and it's a lot healthier for you. So check it out, guys. Foodforestabundance.com. Use the coupon code FOOD22 and save 5%. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, let's continue on here and talk about Theory, Miz, Mustafa Ali, and <clears throat> another Miz TV. Good effing Lord. 
another Miz TV that just uh, it's it's a staple of Monday Night Raw and not in a good way. But those of you that love the Miz TV, you know, for the 1800th time, we got another episode of that. And this was all about just trying to take down Ali, trying to insult him, belittle him. And it was successful to some degree. We had theory or rather Miz mess with the entrance music of Ali. We had a mess with the mic. Ali finally just had enough and uh, took the mic from him and, um, you know, ran down the Miz and then uh, theory came out and, you know, he allowed for a championship contender match, but it was going to be via a handicap match. And so it was Miz and Mustafa Ali or rather Miz in theory versus Ali in a handicap match, which was a contenders, a championship contenders match. Now, what exactly the hell that means? Again, they have not defined. It just means you're in the championship conversation, I think. There's no such thing as the number one contender anymore. It's just, yeah, you're a contender. Well, everyone's a contender, right? But anyway, so Ali ends up losing this after a skull-crushing finale. And not only that, but Ali got attacked by a third party in not Tommaso Ciampa. We, we, we don't know where Tommaso Ciampa is anymore, but Ciampa anyway uh, came out and attacked Ali from behind. And they, they showed it for like literally three seconds. And that was it. That was it. They didn't explain why, and we're still supposed to have questions about why he's attacking Ali. And again, so it was basically a three-on-one situation. Ali has no help, none. But Ali seems to have the crowd behind him, and he said that uh, you know that that's the, what the, that's what matters to him is the support of the crowd, and you know pandering to the crowd, which is a little stomach churning. But that's what the baby faces are supposed to do to some degree. And Ali is good on the microphone, and he did have some a decent support from the Greensboro because that's where they were, the Greensboro crowd. And I think it was, I think it worked. I think it worked. Um, you know, Theory is, I think, better on the mic than he should be for his age. And given his experience on the remaining roster, Theory is growing on me, I have to say. I still miss the fact that he has a doesn't have a first name. But, you know, neither does a Champa anymore. So, all right. Um, let's go. Let's go. Uh, Nikki A.S.H. pinned Dana Brooke to win the 24-7 championship. Uh, then Brooke said Reggie needed to get a title rematch to save their marriage. I, I'm, I'm not even going to comment on this, guys. Sorry. I, I've, I can't. But there's another segment here. Dana Brooke defeated Nikki A.S.H. to win the 24-7 championship. And then after the match, Akira Tozawa, Natalia, R-Truth all tried to pin Brooke to win the title. And then Reggie then briefly tried to pin Brooke before stopping himself. Despite that, Brooke told Reggie that she wanted a divorce. Dewdrop asked Nikki if she was ready to start taking things seriously, to which Nikki said yes. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I guess, okay, fine. Dewdrop is getting herself involved here. That's good to see her back. She had a nice run and then fell off the face of the earth, and now she's back. And she's gonna, presumably going to be teaming with Nikki. So that's good. You know, as far as taking things seriously, getting out of this 24-7 title nonsense, hopefully. And the rest of them can wallow in obscurity in the comedy segment of Raw. So man, I, I've got nothing to say about the 24-7 title. It died three years ago for me. Okay. Cody Rhodes. It was Cody Rhodes, uh, or rather Seth Rollins' self-appointed appreciation night. And predictably, Cody Rhodes interrupted. And Rollins told Rhodes that his father wasn't good enough to be champion, and he wasn't either. That led to a brawl, and Rhodes hit a Cody cutter, which Rollins uh, 
got knocked silly and then rolled out of the ring. I mean, this was fine. The crowd was chanting, we want Cody, we want Cody. And I got to say, I mean, Cody has been well received on in WWE, uh, main, their main roster. I think maybe better than they could have expected. You know, you don't know how much or how, you know, if those fans are still watching AEW and understand the significance of this and see the maturity of Cody Rhodes to appreciate where he is and where he was, you know, like, and I'm glad that um, the fans that uh, are in, at least live in attendance understand the progress he's made and the history he's had, obviously his, his father, which has been overdone, I think. But this is this is a good program. Everyone, I think everybody's looking to the quality of the match here. I think that they could they at least could match what they did at WrestleMania. Exceeding it is going to be difficult. You know, when you have a match of that quality like they did at WrestleMania, it's really hard to do, to uh, duplicate. I think they could do it because they're both really good, but it, I I don't I wouldn't expect the carbon copy of WrestleMania, nor would I want it. So, but again, I don't know. I mean, this was self uh self self Seth Rollins self-appointed appreciation night, which I expected more of. You know, typically appreciation nights are, are bigger segments. It doesn't, it's not just for like a 10 minute one. Usually it's like longer, deeper. So usually uh, the, they aren't this microscopic in scope with like a 10 minute promo boom. It's over. Oh, okay. Well that, if it's appreciation night, why did it last 10 minutes? Shouldn't it have kind of been a running theme through the show? You know, like th th that's to me a little bit, a little bit of a miscue or a, a miscommunication or whatever it may be. But I mean, this, I guess, furthered the story. They finally got physical. They seemed to, over the last several weeks, be coming from a place of mutual respect, but also tenacious. Now it has broken down to the physical. And it's about time, you know, the pro, the uh, match is on Sunday. So, you know, I, I anticipate that this is going to continue probably through the next pay-per-view. Is that Hell in a Cell next? Money in the Bank? I'll have to see. But, uh, okay, this is fine. I mean, I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was just kind of there, and it was it was okay. Lashley then took out Cedric Alexander with the hurt lock. MVP and Omas were watching from the ramp as MVP is just hurling insults at uh, Bobby Lashley. Which, I mean, what do you expect? MVP is the 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 mouthpiece for Omas, and MVP is uh, eventually going to get his ass kicked by Bobby, and that's the whole payoff, right? The whole payoff is to see. Bobby Lashley beat the holy hell out of MVP, which he may get a piece of him, I think, at uh, the the next event or on Sunday night. But I don't think he'll get the full you'll get the full beat down for another month, probably to the next pay-per-view where he gets some kind of stipulation where if he wins the match, he gets MVP alone in, in hell in a cell or, or in um, a steel cage or something like that. So eventually we'll get it. But I think we'll get an appetizer of it on Sunday. Um, I, I don't you know, I don't understand why. We have Cedric Alexander still begging to be a part of anything that a, that um, that MVP or Bobby Lashley are doing, considering the last like two years of how they, at least storyline wise, have treated him. I mean, they've kicked him to the curb how many times, and yet he's still begging to be a part of things. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, Cedric's a great talent, but for a character perspective, this makes no sense. Having him be just 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 constant, um, this constant victim, or just lack of intelligence is what I'm, I'm seeing from Cedric wanting to always be involved with them and trying to impress MVP. Why MVP was just as much of a reason for Cedric to leave um, that group. How many times as Bobby Lashley was, it just doesn't make sense, but they needed somebody for Lashley to destroy. 
and it was Cedric. So then we got a main event that was weird. Is weird. Um, Liv Morgan, Bianca, and Asuka defeated Becky Lynch, Rhea, and Sonya Deville. Uh, when Morgan actually got the victory here and pinned Deville after hitting Oblivion, Deville was stripped of her powers as WWE official heading into the match. Alleluia. While Lynch took off uh, offense at Asuka, challenging her after she handed Asuka her championship when she was pregnant. I mean... I don't know what to say. Okay, Sonya Deville is finally stripped of her powers. That took, you know, two years too long, but it's finally done. And she's just a, a regular wrestler now. So that's, that's fine. And that's not a bad thing because I think her talents are better utilized as an, a, um, an actual talent, not just a, a backstage official that abused her powers without the upper management even caring to, to blink an eye until someone said something. But this match was fine. It was it was good. And actually seeing Liv Morgan get the victory was surprising. I don't think anybody saw that coming. With Liv Morgan really taking a back seat the last how many months to have her get this big victory, although it doesn't have any real consequence, is this might be the biggest victory of Liv's career. Do I dare say this this might be Liv Morgan's biggest win of her career? I mean, she didn't beat Becky Lynch for the championship how many months back. She tried like three times. And she is a perpetual loser where she's good on. I think she's good on promo, underrated on promo, but also in the ring, she's more than qualified and she's good in the ring. Very solid. She's not outstanding, but she's certainly capable of putting on a good match. If everything and all the stars go you know, perfectly together and she has the right opponent, she's capable, I think, of a great match. But there's, you know, to me, this is might be the biggest victory of Liv's career. Think about it. She got the victory for her team. And she got it on a main event of Monday Night Raw. Now, you may say, oh, it's a tag team match. It doesn't mean anything. Well, again, look at it through the lens of Liv's career. She's a perpetual loser, hasn't won the women's championship on either brand. And what they've done with her the last six months is kind of just put her with random people in tag teams. So when you look at the totality of her career, this is probably the biggest victory for her. When's the last time she ever main evented Raw? much less got a victory in the main event of Raw. So this might be Liv Morgan's biggest win ever. Kind of sad in some respects, considering how long she's been there and the uh, the cult of following, the cultish type of following that she has. So I don't know, just uh, an observation. I was like, wow, this really might be the biggest win she's ever had. So um, anyway, that is Raw in a nutshell, guys. I feel like I kind of went through that a little quick, but Raw was... Ultimately, I think it was a bit forgettable. It wasn't a bad show. I wouldn't give it a bad grade. I mean, CBS Sports killed it. I, I don't think it was that bad, but it certainly wasn't as good as last week. So it, it was okay. You know, I'd give it a C plus. Last week, it was an A minus. This week is a C plus. So a significant drop, but not embarrassing. So that's where I land with Monday Night Raw. Again, guys, a busy week with the uh, premium live event coming up Sunday. I'll be doing TikToks. I'll be doing a video that's exclusive to Patreon and the website. So join us on VIP and the website by going VIP. Also join us on Patreon with the $5 tier and higher, the SmackDown tier. You get to see that video, which is like just a couple minute updates, things that you don't see behind the scenes, what my my in, in uh, office area studio looks like, that kind of thing. 
And um, so consider joining us, plus ad-free everything, right? You don't get to you don't have to deal with any of the uh, the stoppages and things like that. You can just just hit play and sit back and not have to worry about it. And that is available to you at a very minimal and measly price of a dollar on Patreon, as well as on Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe on Apple Podcasts. So that is it, guys. Tomorrow is, of course, the mailbag with Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. And then comes the p- uh, preview and prediction show for the live event, the premium live event. And then uh, the review show, which I will try to get out. You know, I wish I could do it that night. It's difficult considering how late it is in the night now and, you know, baby and all that stuff at the house. But if I can, I will. If not, it's going to be Monday morning that I get you the, uh, the the premium live event review. So big, busy week. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan are in the mailbag tomorrow. So don't forget to send your emails to the mailbag email address, which is mailbag at WWEpodcast.com. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please give us a five-star rating anywhere that you can on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. And as always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w- imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.